Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Aloha, everyone, and welcome to the Podstalgic Takeover with P.E. Lonnie and Shanna. Just to get us started, before we do intros, I just want to let you all know this is going to be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie that we're about to talk about, hit pause. Go pay for your ticket, come back and listen to this podcast. So let me introduce uh, my co-host, my friend, my sister from another mister, Miss Shanna. Would you like to introduce yourself and let everyone know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I, oh God, the last time I was probably on this podcast was years ago. Um, I think we were probably talking Cobra Kai um, before there, it might not have even been like a separate podcast yet. It might've been like when first Peter first started covering the show. Um, but, um, Shanna, I usually podcast with MTR network. Um, we have been little loosey goosey, lackadaisical lately, mainly doing movie reviews. Um, we used to do a lot of the DC superhero shows on the CW, which are almost all gone at this point. Like they're all either canceled or they finished, they wrapped up. So right now I'm just kind of, you know, guest star starring, hanging out with my folks whenever I get invited on something. And I'm really excited about this film. I was excited the minute I heard that it was dropping. I, every single one of the main forecasts, except for uh, the young woman who plays dead i i i know them from so many other projects mm-hmm. so i was super excited about this one and i love a raunchy comedy i miss raunchy comedies uh that's why we knew you were the right guest host and let me just preface this by saying i've never actually been the lead host on a podcast i'm always the guest host the supporter so peter's giving me this responsibility and i'm feeling this asian responsibility like heavy on my shoulders So I did have a little bit of a drink before I got started, but let's let the listeners know what we're going to talk about because we haven't even told them the name of the movie yet. Uh, We are here to give our perspective on Joyride the movie. Um, Joyride was released on Lucky Number 7, July 7th, 2023. Uh, It was actually dropped on um, St. Patrick's Day in South by Southwest. And that's the first time I started hearing about this film. And I was super excited because as you said, all Asian cast, all Asian uh, creative team, uh, directed and co-written by Adele Lim. She is of Crazy Rich Asians fame. She also wrote on Raya and the Last Dragon. And she's a Malaysian American writer and director. This is her debut. Super excited about that. And I'm going to do my best to talk about the other two writers. So we also have a Thai writer named Cherry Chevaprabhadumrung. I hope that's correct. Cherry is also known for a, you said raunchy, family guy. She's got writer <laughs> and producer credits on that. She also was a co-executive producer on Resident Alien and The Orville. Oh, okay. Right, interesting, right? Like a diverse background for Cherry. Um, She also is a producer on Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Do you watch that show? It's a really fun show. I do not. They've really been promoting it hard on Max lately. So I was like, what's going on with that? Like, it's been like on the front page of Max (laughs) lately. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, maybe I should watch it because I'm, 
<laughs> they're like really pushing it hard. Right I think now. you'd like it. I think you'd really like it. It's really smartly written. Um, Bowen Yang's in it too. There's a lot of actors that you will recognize right off the bat. I think it's a good one. Um, but the other writer of Joyride the movie is Teresa Sow. And she is actually the writer and creator of Aquafina is Nora from Queen. So that's probably the relationship that Cherry and Teresa have. And Teresa also wrote on Fresh Off the Boat and Family Guy. So that raunchy humor is this thread that we're seeing through uh, all three writers. And um, I'm super excited. Okay. So you mentioned the stars and I'm, I'm excited to list these stars. We have um, Ashley Park who plays Audrey Sullivan. We have Sherry Cola, who plays Lolo Chen, Stephanie Shu, Academy Award nominee. Um, Should have played. been Academy Award winner. Listen, it was so it was so hard though, right? I mean, that was one of the the Oscars. Obviously, the person who won, yeah. I like her as a person. Didn't really care that she won, but I was like Angela Stephanie. If if we're going to choose someone from that film, it should have been Stephanie. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I could totally co-sign that. I mean, I think they gave it to the other person for, you know, this probably will her last opportunity to be nominated for mm-hmm. an Academy Award. And Stephanie's got a long runway because she's so talented. Oh, my God. Uh, so talented. And then rounding out the cast is someone I didn't recognize either. But Ste- Sabrina Wu plays Deadeye. Um, and what a kick in the pants that character is. So, again, I saw- uh, I don't know if you looked up um, Sabrina Wu because I was like, how have I not seen this person before? This is, I think, her first acting situation, um, at least like official credit. Uh, Unbelievable. She's also a writer. So I I think this might be like her first acting thing. I don't know if she does any stand up. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was absolutely like. She's bringing a lot of the humor to the movie, but also like just really, I thought it was really good acting considering who she's acting alongside if this is her first like major role. I'm a little blown away if this is her first major role because I felt like everybody really held their own in their parts. Um, And Sabrina's character was just, um, she had to be playing it straight as the comic relief. And some of the scenes, we'll get into that later, but some of the scenes were off the ch- off the charts, <laughs> crazy. And people sitting next to me going, oh my gosh, oh my God. Anyhow, uh, let me just continue to say that this film was distributed by Lionsgate Films and it happened to be produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's Point Grey Pictures, which is incredible to have that support, right? And they're like, mm. listen, we're producing it, but it's all you ladies, go handle it. Yeah. They, they were like, we know who should be leading this. So uh, kudos to Seth and Evan for allowing these women to really shine in this project. Uh, So I'm going to do the Paul Stagic thing and talk about opening weekend. Um, The film actually made 5.9 million and it finished sixth against movies like Insidious, which 32.6 million, you can't really compete with that. But we also had Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny out uh, Sound of Freedom, Elemental, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So it's tough competition for Joyride to come out. And I, I honestly don't know how films are coming out right now. It's just too many things were packed into the past month. And it's really interesting with the writer strike from a television standpoint. I'm wondering if they've ever considered staggering things or like laying mm-hmm. it out more because we're not going to have new content yeah. uh, from a television standpoint. But listen, I'm not in that industry. I'm just a fan. 
But let me also note that Billboard Hot 100 lists a, a song called Last Night by an artist named Morgan Wellen at number one. I believe that. I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> but I want to note that um, Nicki Minaj, Ice Spice, and Aqua debuted this week with num- at number seven with a song called Barbie World. And I wanted to say Nicki Minaj because we will get back to Nicki Minaj shortly. <laughs> So um, one of the things, Shanna, that I've been hearing a lot of is comparing this movie to things like Girls Trip and Bridesmaids. Have you yeah. heard any of this? I, I um, yeah. I'm just curious. What, what have you heard? I think so. One, I, I've heard the Bridesmaids thing a lot. And I think that part of it is, I think, the what's the the marketing for it, because mm. it's Seth Rogen produced and everything. It's similar. Um folks and this whole idea of a girl's but raunchy comedy so it's it's definitely in that vein um I what I would love (laughs) just in general for like films like this to not have to be compared to each other like I don't Mm. I wish it it could just be like a comedy like Mm. also because what's so frustrating is you know we get a bridesmaid we get a girl's trip we get a movie like this and I just don't want it to be another situation where we don't see anything similar to this for like another decade like Mm. girl's trip came out and it was amazing and people were immediately like there should be a sequel and now we're almost like 10 15 years out from the original is that true oh my goodness and so I'm just like I I really hope rather than I don't want movies like this to become a thing where it's it gets it gets compared to that and then also gets that similar treatment of we don't see anything mm. oh okay I might have been over exaggerating girls trip was 2017 but still <laughs> still I mean when you put, it's been a long you know you put the pandemic in there it's like 5,000 years so mm-hmm. um yeah you know I heard a lot of comparisons to girls trip and I think you're you're right it's this notion of because it's a cast that's primarily that's all women of color that's one of the immediate comparisons, right? Four friends, four women of color taking a trip. Um, but it's hard, right? When you talk about representation, the mass media will say, people of color, it's going to be like this. Even if it's an all Asian cast and an all black cast, they're still going to compare us, right? Mm-hmm. But I think your point about Bridesmaids is well spoken because it is a Seth Rogen production. And raunchy as hell like bridesmaids oh my gosh there's some stuff in there I had to like literally look away I am not a faint of heart but I was like oh I can't watch this um <laughs> like super crude uh really fun shock value um funny entertaining etc so I just wanted to see what your point of view is on sort of those comparisons that I've been hearing and I wanted to definitely get a woman's perspective on that so thank you for that um so take me to the moment when you were in the theater. Like, did you did you go at like prime time? Was it a packed theater? What was your experience? I went Thursday mm. because I was trying to get in there. I'm just, like, I just I knew I wasn't going to be able to go Friday, and the weekend was going to be hectic. So I I went Thursday, 
And I was surprised because I think when I got my ticket, the theater was pretty empty. But when Mm -hmm. I actually got into the theater, it was pretty packed for a Thursday night and for, you know, an opening weekend of a movie. So I was kind of glad that, you know, folks really showed up and showed out on the first night. Um, I I tend to be a, when I can, a Thursday night of a premiere Mm. weekend person. Um, just because I, if, if it's something I really want to see, I will go that opening weekend and lately Thursdays just works better than trying to see it over the weekend. Yeah. I like that. I like that strategy actually, because I don't like to go, um, Friday, Saturday nights to movies. I just feel like I don't want people breathing on me, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, we, my daughter and I actually went on July 2nd to a sneak peek, sneak peek preview. And um, it was one of the smaller theaters. Just so the fans know, uh, I live in Los Angeles and Shanna's up in the East Bay in Oakland. Mm -hmm. So we got very different demographic mixes of of folks that we live around. And there was, you know, I'd say the theater was maybe a third full on a Tuesday. So that's the holiday weekend. It was not a really late show. And demographically, it was probably, you know, I live in a pretty Asian community. I'd say it was probably 30% Asian and then the rest sort of a mixed crowd. Uh, And somehow we wound up sitting right next to people. Like I like to be spread out in the theater. We wound up next, everyone, all sides of us. Everyone just wanted to sit in this little pod in the middle. I was like, ugh. Um, But I was sitting next to this Asian American guy who went by himself. He was probably like early thirties or something. And he was cracking up, laughing out loud, especially at like the very Asian references throughout the film. I had mm-hmm. so much fun just sitting with him and sort of giggling at the same stuff. I definitely had, I could tell a couple of like, if not like a group of girlfriends, like a couple of like, you know, I'm here with like my girls to see the girl <laughs> movie. So it like, it was definitely like folks came out with their friends usually I would be there with uh my friend but her family was in town visiting um so usually that's my like movie going partner but we'll probably see it when she comes back she like is hanging with her family yeah that's great I actually went to go see it again last night with a group of um other Asian American women who are executives at different companies down here, one of which works for Disney Plus, um, shouts to my friend Vicky, which means she knows Adele Lim. It's like this whole circle of like connections. Yeah. Adele Lim is also giving a talk tomorrow. They've been doing these um, talks um, through the blacklist mm. called Word by Word and Adele Lim is tomorrow's guest. So I'm really trying to make it as like a Zoom talk so sweet i'm gonna look that up and just so the listeners know tomorrow uh from when we're recording is july 12th yeah so if you're able to log in i don't know when peter's gonna post this but good good up on you for for that little plug yeah. all right are you ready to sort of talk through the film and go mm-hmm. through some plot points yeah uh, i think we need to start with the opening <laughs> just the playground scene and i'll be honest i we went to happy hour last night so my girls missed the first four or five minutes of the film. I've seen it already. And really, it's the trailer for the most <laughs> part. But tell me your reaction to opening scene, young, young children at the <laughs> playground. Uh, what were you thinking? 
Um, I absolutely love the opening scene. Um, I'm trying to, so we were talking a little bit before we started uh, recording. There was this quote from um, this reviewer that said something like it, the movie objectifies men and targets white people. And when I saw that scene, because I had heard that uh, review beforehand, when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, he, this reviewer must have been mad from minute one. (laughs) But I was also, because there's, it's the scene from the trailer where like the little boy makes fun of um, Ashley Park's character for being Asian. And then um, the young version of Sherry Cola's character punches him in the face. And I was like, as much, as much as I was like, oh, this is great. This is hilarious. I was like, I know of all the things that we're going to see in this movie, that probably came from a very, very real place. Mm. Like whoever wrote that, that mm. came from a very real place. I do not doubt that at some point on some playground, mm-hmm. you know, in someone's childhood, that that was actually said. <laughs> yeah. But that was, I mean, I don't remember exactly what was said I remember him talking about your kind can't be here that's kind Mm -hmm. of the essence of it which is a very you know anti whatever other anything that's other usually hears that whether you're a a female or person of color or person's LGBTQ we've all heard that Um, so it was pretty powerful but I think for me like the comic relief that they threw in there was that can our daughter come play with you uh, I, that was great. Like who would have <laughs> expected, right? That actually this very white couple in this very white neighborhood would come up to the new people, right? Who mm-hmm. are on defense immediately saying, oh shit, they're going to think I'm just, we're just immigrants and we don't belong here, et cetera. And the lovely white couple was really authentically trying to find someone to, for their Asian child to play with yeah. and all the best intentions, whether that's right or wrong. I mean, there's lots of opinions about uh, white couples adopting Asian children, but um, boy, that made me giggle. I just it thought was so sweet. <laughs> they got me. They got me. I was like, here we go. This is going to be something. And then follow with um, Sherry Cola, uh, Lolo Chen's character punching that little shit in the face. So <laughs> Um, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. And I also love because, you know, it kind of skips from that to like them being best friends and, um, then you get them in that middle school age and basically one of the, uh, little white boys, again, this reviewer must've been so upset from like the first five minutes of the movie. Um, one of the little white boys in school like makes fun of her for being adopted. Mm. And that really is what sets um, her character on the path that she's on for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved how quick it was established. Like you absolutely know why that character is doing the things that she's doing from that moment on. <laughs> Yeah, what a good point you just made. Um, I think, so you're talking about Ashley Park's character, um, who's Audrey Sullivan. She's a very successful uh, lawyer by the time we get to their adult age, but she was adopted by white parents. And so I'm assuming somebody on the creative crew has either had that experience as either being, you know, an adoptee or having friends like we all do who are children of white parents and what that 
challenges about not belonging, right? Mm -hmm. You're raised in a white community, but not knowing, am I Asian? Am I white? Am I, what am I kind of thing? And you see Audrey's character go through that through the film. And then her bestie, Miss Sherry Cola, who is just working all the time. Um, I'll just have to say Sherry's done some community work for us at my company. So I was Mm -hmm. so excited when I saw her announced as one of the stars because she's really supportive of a lot of um, up and coming Asian Pacific Islander creative art and performers. But she plays Lolo Chen, who's like, lives in um audrey's garage it's very nicely decorated but she's it's like a beautiful like, i'm down for that space it looks like venice beach to me um she's an aspiring artist and they're still best friends to this like they're in their what early 30s or something like that yeah so um i also love kid- sherry cola and she oh. does that woman is always working oh my gosh <laughs> and so willing to help the community but also wow what a talent I mean, I think this is the first time I've seen her really, really act. And she just took me through all the emotions in her performance, um, expressions, uh, emoting, everything. So, and then, you know, let's talk a little bit about what happens with them, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this reveal that um, Audrey was adopted, the the families are getting together. Um, Audrey's up for this big promotion, but she's got to get this deal signed and the executives in China. Yeah. So, uh, and, and Lolo's supposed to be her interpreter. Because <laughs> Lolo actually speaks Chinese. Right. I know it's the, it's perfect, right? It's just perfect. Um, so fast forward to them getting ready to go on their trip and they're at the airport. Um, I, I, I there's a few things that re- I remember from last night, but what do you remember from just like them arriving to the airport? I mean, my fit, this is when Deadeye shows up and I, <laughs> I, I just love it because Audrey and Lolo are those friends where you know exactly what the friend is going to do. You know that what the friend is going to do is the opposite of the thing that you told them to do. but also you kind of know there's no way to stop it. So you just keep going. So it's like, it was like, yeah, like I got you, like, I'm your girl. I'm going to interpret. And she's like, okay, but like, I need you to take this seriously. This is my job. And she's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. And you're like, just as the viewer, you're like, she's not, she's not taking. (laughs) (laughs) We know this is going to be a hot mess. uh, Lolo. Um, Thanks for coming. Oh no, what have I got myself into? Yeah, I love the scene where, um, you know, she's like, oh, by the way, my cousin, I think her English name is Vanessa. My cousin Vanessa is coming. And like Lolo's like, why? I thought it was just going to be us. And then you hear the description of Vanessa and they show this woman like who's into, you know, she's got these cool little headphones on. She's walking through. She's dressed to the nines, like walking toward them, you think. Um and uh, Audrey says, you know, my cousin's really into K-pop, blah, blah, blah. And she's just going to ride with us, but she's going to go off on her own when she gets to China. <laughs> and then they cut to uh, Sabrina Wu's character, Deadeye, who's like all of a sudden, bam, like right in their face, like mm-hmm. socially awkward, um, really, really short haircut, like a complete opposite of sort of this beautiful woman that they were presenting. Oh, my God, I laughed so hard. Oh, my God. It, it was so, it was so perfectly set up because I was like 
I, I've seen the trailer a million times. I've seen the poster a million times. And even I had a moment of like, like, oh, like she is very cute. Like Cape Up Girl. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's her cousin. Yeah, she really has grown up. And then it turns out to be the person you've seen on the poster a million times. And like, oh yeah, that's right. Like I knew, I knew that wasn't gonna be <laughs> no. And then, and quirky is not even the right word, but like, she's just obsessed. And, um, you know, we've all known those people that, that are just a little too eager in a lot of ways and they mean well, but it's like, oh, there are boundaries that you are crossing and that I'd love you just to take a couple steps back and we can have a conversation. Um, but yeah, loved, loved the performance. Wasn't sure what was going to happen with, um, dead eye, but man, was she a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, they wind up in China. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember the moment where they go off to meet um, Audrey's best friend, Kat, yeah. who actually is a famous Chinese artist, actress, um, <laughs> and former college roommate. So, you know, there's that sort of second generation bestie issue mm-hmm. going on. So there's that triangle, right? Yeah, I really love this because I'm actually like, I'm the opposite of Audrey. Usually when I introduce my friends to my other friends, they immediately become friends because part of the reason they're friends with me is because I think all my friends are cool. But like Lolo is very um, possessive and and kind of jealous of Kat off the bat. But also Kat is also shading <laughs> Lolo as well. So it's like both of them are competing a little bit for Audrey's friendship right off the bat. Um, but also my favorite thing is before they get to her, like Audrey makes the mistake of telling Lolo that um, Kat has a tattoo. <laughs> and then like, the, like Lolo cannot let it go. Like, where's the tattoo? What does it look like? What is it? Like, <laughs> and, and do we think that her name Kat was intentional because of where that, tattoo was placed I mean I had not put that together but okay yeah I'm gonna go with that yeah they're really smart writers and I feel like Mm -hmm. they probably mapped this out and were like thinking oh what should we name her and it anyhow for the listeners you know where the tattoo is we'll get back (laughs) to that too later um but yes so Kat uh who's now the pure innocent Chinese actress in all these Chinese dramas is introduced and then the the threesome becomes a foursome and off they go to find um the executive who's actually the character's name I'm forgetting right now um the the it's Chow? yeah I don't remember the I don't remember the character's name so this also like once the we get all the women in place then it becomes like the cavalcade of men <laughs> that we mean I'm all right with that I'm no I was very all right with that I was like (laughs) keep them coming it's like every and again I I think I knew this from the trailer like all the different guys but like every time a new one would show up I'd be like oh snap like (laughs) yes it was uh lots of eye candy um the cavalcade is the great, like the great word. Thank you. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt too. Um, the cavalcade of men. But th- she goes to meet Chow, who is this executive who she's trying to sign this deal with so she can get this big promotion. And it's played by none other than Ronnie Chang. 
um i adore ronnie ching i actually just saw him perform in la he did um i think he was working out his act and brought in some other asian american um artists that are sort of up-and-coming comics his character in stand-up is just so different from who he is in this film because his character in stand-up is just a thousand percent real mm-hmm. um smart political and everything and when we meet chow he's this like partying drunken executive and doesn't want to talk business which is a very asian thing mm-hmm. wants to just build relationship and understand who you are um so what do you remember from any of that um nightclub scene i just love it because again it's very it's established very quickly in the beginning that audrey's thing is proving herself constantly so i'm trying to prove myself i'm trying to prove myself And she's done all this research on how to prove herself and how to make a good impression on this Chinese businessman. And so, you know, she's pounding back shots because she has to keep up. Like, I can't, I have to keep up with him. And that's how I show him that I'm like serious about this deal and da, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's, it's like anybody who's watching is like, this is all going to go left. Like, a, you a should thousand. not be doing shots. No. <laughs> with no. someone you're trying to close a deal with. No. A multitude of shots. And I think, um, I think one of her friends was trying to stop her. I think Lolo was trying to just check out all the men, as Lolo <laughs> is, because she's like thirsty for everybody. And she's, a, she's bisexual. I want to point that out. Bisexual yeah. queen. Lolo. <laughs> yes. And, and there's a lot of bisexual references if you continue mm-hmm. to watch the film, which I thought was really very subtle, but very well done. Again, I think everything's really deliberate. Um, so they get to the end of this round, multiple rounds of shots, and in comes this tray of shots with the thousand year eggs in there. Listen, <laughs> my people also eat balut which is a thousand year egg that's sort of fermented and in the shell i've actually never seen it in a shot of alcohol i don't think i could do it no i i would have i would have lost that deal if that was what the deal was dependent on i would have lost that i don't even like like i know there's like cocktail things where they do like egg whites I don't want eggs in my liquor. I just no. <laughs> In general, eggs. It doesn't matter if they're thousand-year eggs or like <laughs> farmer's market eggs. You don't want any eggs in your liquor. No. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Nothing about it seems good. Oh, God, that's so funny. Well, it does lead to something very <laughs> disgusting where um, eventually Miss Audrey loses her egg-filled shot all over chow. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, and I, giving Ronnie a chance to take his shirt off. There's a lot of you. men taking their shirt off for no reason. But he did, but then he walked away. So I was like, are we gonna see what's happening? <laughs> I know, you know. Um, he does, you know, um jujitsu, he's very lean, he seems to stay pretty fit. I saw, but, I watched American Born Chinese. He was <laughs> yes, he was in there I keeping did. up with Daniel Ooh. Wu. I saw that. Love <laughs> that too. Again, at Disney Plus, we should plug that one. Everyone go to Disney Plus and watch American Born Chinese. Uh, you're welcome, Vicky, who worked for Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> so they, I think that after the bar, they all sort of leave together and ever, you know, poor Audrey is despondent because she's thinking I lost the deal. Um, Deadeye is covered with Audrey's puke because 
that's how you bond as cousins? I don't know. <laughs> it's so cute, though. She's like, she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just going to wash it off. It's all good. <laughs> it was like on half of her body, like the side of her hair was all flat with puke. And she had like a white shirt. Oh, man. That was bad. I Yeah, I don't like puke. Um, and then they sort of get to like, well, what are we going to do now? Mm-hmm. And so in the movie, I, this is where the conversation had been revealed that Lola was actually looking for Audrey's mom. Mm-hmm. And she said, all right, well, now we need to go find her because Chow wants to meet your family. Right. So we bring them to this train ride to this little city that I did not write down where we think we're going to find Audrey's mother. Mm-hmm. The train ride shenanigans. I So I really love this. Because it just it it's what's the word? It's it's in your own internalized racism and bias mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking you over. <laughs> 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 because like they walk us to the train and they're trying to figure out where where they're gonna sit and they let Audrey um <laughs> is leading the way. So like every time they open a door and it's like a car with other Chinese people in it, Archie's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then they open this door and there's a clearly sketchy white girl. (laughs) Clearly sketchy white girl. But because she's white, Audrey's like, this is it. This is the car. This is where we'll be good. She played it so like, oh, my sister, like I'm, I've long lost sister that I haven't seen since Orange County or whatever she's thinking. Yeah, it was really, she just like, I found it guys. And then it's so funny. They, sh- they cut to the three women sitting in the doorway thinking, this is where we're going to sit of all the cars you chose this with to your point, obviously sketch. We're not sure what's going on with this woman. Um, she was already a little on edge with her eyes a little bit, pupils a little bit too dilated. I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, they wind up sitting in the the train car with this woman and Audrey proceeds to try to become besties with this woman. <laughs> and it's, again, very clearly a drug deal. <laughs> like <laughs> two seconds into the conversation, very clearly a drug dealer. <laughs> you know they're trying to have casual conversation and then audrey's like so what do you do and sketch woman whose name i don't remember um i don't even i don't did i did they give her again i know the actress is Mm -hmm. from search party yes yes um jess is the character (laughs) jess is the character um, and she's listed as the drug smother, drug smuggler on the Chinese train. That's her, how she's listed in this summary that I have in front of me. Um, yeah, she's into import and export. And Audrey's like, oh, like furniture? She's like, yeah, sure. Let's yeah, go with uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. And you can just see Lolo and Kat like, what are we doing? This is not good. We should go find another train. Uh, cut to... Uh, you can hear a search happening outside in each of the cars. Um, what were you thinking was going to happen? Because I had, oh, I, had I knew, no- I knew immediately. I was, I was like, the thing about movies like this is, I think 
if you're somebody who like watches these type of things, you know what's coming next. Like you can tell what's going to happen, <laughs> but it's how they execute it. That is what makes it good. And so like immediately I was like, oh, this chick is a drug dealer. They, they're, they have drugs. They're going to have to do the drugs. And... <laughs> And she's gonna take their the their suitcase with their passports. Like I knew immediately what was mm. happening. You're smarter like, than me. I didn't predict the passport piece oh, of it. I immediately like the minute the the thing about stuff like this is like the minute they're like, oh, these will be perfectly safe. They will not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like like this is gonna work out. We'll totally be able to get there. No problems. Psh exact opposite is going to happen. So I knew, I knew it was going to happen. Executed perfectly. Because <laughs> like, I think Audrey does like all the, um, like the speed, mm. which, which is perfect for her character because she's oh. already like super tense and like high strung. <laughs> and then uh, Lolo does the, whatever it is that like makes you like chill and I'm like already this is a person who is already too chill and then (laughs) (laughs) and then Kat is like putting coke balloons up her (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, that was a lot like that was a like, lot. That was, if a this was lot. real, every single one of them would be dead. There's no <laughs> way they could do all of those. Let's start there. Let's start there. <laughs> but yeah, eight Coke balloons in her. And and she'd made the comment that Coke makes her horny. So we know we're coming back to that. Exactly, right? exactly. That's so it was like, like oh, this is gonna be great. So she's gonna be horny for the rest of the movie. Like and and I think we we left out dead eyes, but we can't leave her out of this. I think she yeah. picks up something of drugs and it's like in a condom and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to have sex. Yes. <laughs> what is she saying? <laughs> what is she saying? She's so sweet. Like, oh my, her character is so sweet. That's oh like really what I came I was like, oh my God, she's so sweet. Like <laughs> someone just give her a hug. give her all the hugs give her all the teddy bear cappuccinos oh my gosh I was laughing so hard so of course subsequent they wind up getting thrown off the train right with the bags that they can carry (laughs) they're all thrown off the train and they're in the middle of the Chinese countryside which is wonderful and beautiful to look at but each of them are high in their own way. Like I think they show Deadeye holding like that cattail thing and, and like looking at it and thinking, oh, is this a hot dog on the stick? <laughs> and then takes a big bite out of it. And then you yeah. can see the, uh, it just kind of floats out of her mouth. Like <laughs> when you blow on one of those make a wish little thing. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, I hurt my mouth to think of that. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> So, I mean, I could feel uh, it felt uh, horrible. Um, and then we poor Lolo, right? She's like pulling each of the balloons out and she gets to like number seven and she's like, yeah. how many do I have up in there? Oh my God. It's so, it's so bad. Again, they should all be dead. 
<laughs> drugs that they consume. Let's go back to reality. Well, I mean, well, something like reach up there like the claw when you're trying yeah, to yeah, reach fly. up there like the claw, grab it, grab it. You can reach up there like the claw. Like stop it. That's too much. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then you hear Audrey really talking about it really became about her. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm not going to get this promotion. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm stuck. So you start to see this piece yeah. of her perfection as a personality defect mm-hmm. and being very self-centered while her friends are really trying to figure out like let's figure this out together um yeah so they and of- also her like blaming them and they're like you chose the car with the sketchy white girl because you were afraid of Chinese people like this because is definitely not our internalized fault. racism made you pick <laughs> the wrong car so who's really at fault here, you know? Um, so I, I think I like the way the film is talking about this concept of of race in a way that is not hitting you over the head, but it's all there. Like, as you watch the film, you see all these messages about identity, and I thought they did a really nice job. But yes, it was her fault. Um, and then I think there's a sign that says, like, 26 kilometers, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we have to keep walking, blah, blah, blah. And then, la, here comes the bus. <laughs> First, first dead eye spots the bus and she says, there's a bus coming. Oh, and there's also a giraffe pulling the spots off and throwing them at us. And then she ducks and they all duck. I was on the ground laughing so hard. It's so, but also another, like, this is another thing that was like telegraphed, but I didn't think they would follow through on it mm. because when they say like, when Lolo says, like, oh, I am teaching Chinese to Baron David. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, okay, that's something you mention, and then it comes back around. But I was like, but Baron Davis is not gonna be in this. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, very specific um athlete who they call out, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, Baron, what? Okay, all right, yeah. all right. And I live in LA. So this was hilarious for us when we see the reveal. <laughs> the <Same. bus. laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny. Okay, yeah. I will say this is one plot hole though for me. Please. So Baron Davis's bus, oh, uh, basketball players picks the four of them up. And then they go to this hotel because they're staying overnight at this hotel before their game the next day. And it isn't until they get to the hotel that they find uh, like that they kind of meet the other basketball players. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> so that was like the only plot hole for me. I'm like, y'all were, weren't y'all just on a bus with them? Like, I'm sure you saw these fine ass men. <laughs> before they came into the hotel I didn't even think about it that way I just thought Baron <laughs> Davis told the bus driver and a couple of athletes to come with me mm. to go pick up these women I didn't even think about it as they were like on their way and all I don't know 20 of them were on the bus so the women would have seen each and every one of them up close and personal interesting well, yeah. like a bus <laughs> a coach bus like you walk past everybody when you get on the bus <laughs> I was like, yes, I, I, yes, wonderful point. But let's talk about some of these athletes in this next sequence of scenes. Um, I think they go wind up in the hotel lobby Mm -hmm. discussing what their next move is. And 
I, I want to say Lola was actually on ecstasy and something. Like she said, she took two things that kind of balanced her out. Yeah. And, um. <laughs> and Kat has like a, a, a cocaine balloon burst inside of her. And so now she's like ridiculously horny. <laughs> At that moment. <laughs> and um, right. So who exits <laughs> first? Is this... I feel I like it's, I feel like uh, Audrey sees, no, no, she doesn't see them till she's at the bar. So it's, it, it's uh, Kat seeing the guy who it turns out they went to college with. Uh, her sexy ex who's like yeah. half Asian and half gorgeous. I don't know what yeah. he is. Um, her, uh, played by... Um, Alexander Hodge, fine ass oh. Alexander Hodge oh, from Insecure. Fine. And I don't even like long hair. And I was like into that. I was like, wow. So years ago, uh, he was at Comic-Con and I did not get to meet him. Phenom got to meet him. And mm. to this day, I'm jealous because <laughs> this man is fine. Like, I... fine, like, fine. Oh. Um <laughs> Yeah, and so like not only is he Cat's ex, but like Cat's ex from back when Cat wasn't pretending to be like all pure. So he's like, oh, like clearly we're gonna have sex, right? <laughs> right? This is it's on, right? Yeah, and his his demeanor as he played this character was just perfect. Like he knew he was hot and sexy, and he's like into it. And then when she's like, no, 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 he did played it so cool. He's like, all right, mm-hmm. it's fine. All good. I'll see you around. <laughs> but we knew something was going to come right back around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets ridiculous. But that's their <laughs> their scene. And I think Kat winds up in the gym trying to like burn off the coke. Like, yeah. On this exercise bike and just out of control. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. It's so well done. Um, <laughs> like even... Because then he he's like doing the thing where he's trying to he doesn't even really have to try because she's already super horny and turned on. But he's doing the whole like, oh, like, I'm just isn't it hot in here? And like (laughs) takes off his shirt. And I'm like, sir, you don't even have to try that. (laughs) What are you doing? And then the hair flip and then they direct it with a slow motion, like just. (laughs) emphasizing every moment oh my gosh it was so good so good (laughs) and then let's see um lolo winds up with her student baron davis what was going on there that was really funny i mean i we i i saw that i was like okay she's sticking out with baron like you know she's having her moment they were actually really cute. It reminded me of um, what was oh, I was re-watching Broad City recently. Okay. I was re-watching the whole series. And there's an episode where Alana goes out with um, oh God, what's his name? He was the one that I think was married to a Kardashian for like a hot minute Blake something mm. um but there's yeah, I mean, an episode where like basically Alana's little tiny self is about to have sex with this huge basketball player oh, no. <laughs> and instead they just end up doing a lot of like silly kind of erotic kind of funny stuff 
<laughs> because she's like, yeah, like you're huge. We're not really? going to actually have sex. And so the like, <laughs> that was like what the like Lolo Baron Davis, like they were kind of like they did hook up, but it was also just like so silly. It was adorable. <laughs> it was like, so yeah, it was really sweet and funny. And then it got weird with the tongues mashing on their faces. I was, I was, I had to avert my eyes at some of that. Part. I was like, that's a lot for me right now. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then cut to Audrey stressing out over her job, sitting in the bar. And then what happens? <laughs> Hello. Okay. So Chris Pang, also Jonathan. known as the the Chris that we should be talking about when we're we start listing Chris's. Thank you. Like fun ass Chris Pang. Thank you. He comes over like being all like hot and Australian. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he's just like, why does he have that accent? It's so sexy. And he comes over being all hot and Australian, but he's translating for this other actor or the 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 character's name is Arvin, who is um, South Asian, mm-hmm. only speaks Hindi or Chinese, and Audrey speaks neither. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, she's like, I fucking Chris Pang. But then also Arvin is really fine too, but they can't communicate directly. <laughs> right. Really, who needs words with what they're about to do? Because Arvin was down. Oh, I he, loved it. He could not stop staring and and thirsting after Audrey. So, so like uh, the thing to know about me is that my my what's it? I will always if if it's a choice between a threesome or a you know or a love triangle, I will always choose threesome. <laughs> like, like we're gonna go in a whole new podcast here shanna so i'm just, I'm just saying like when when we're watching when i'm watching shows and like i know i'm i'm just at the age where i'm like love triangles are for like high school that's like mm. cw those are teenage romances we're all old enough that we should be able to figure something out <laughs> listen i was thinking you were just talking about your life on a saturday oh, no. night no, <laughs> but what I was saying is when I was watching this, I was like, oh, like yeah. she's she's like, you know, she's like flirting with Chris Pang, but also this other guy is fine. Like, dang, this is going to suck. She's going to have to like let one of them down because that's what I thought it was going to be. She didn't let anybody down. That's for sure. Not anyone she at all. Got down. And. <laughs> um, Oh, that was just so um, enthusiastic and uh, lots of participation from the group. She didn't have to encourage anybody uh, and she took control, which was uh, really, really fun to watch because (laughs) she was getting hers, Mm -hmm. period, twice. And then um, her ecstasy wound up ending in concussion for the two (laughs) gentlemen. (laughs) Because, you know, Asian women have strong legs and she just wrapped both of their heads and knocked them noggins together while they were down between her legs. And um, and what's her name? Uh, and Kat. <laughs> Kat goes because she's trying to not 
full on have sex with uh, Alexander Hodge. So <laughs> it was odd. <laughs> so she's like, so they're using like a massage gun. And then she like puts the massage gun directly on his like penis. What and, is like, she doing? Breaks him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Deadeye is in like again, Deadeye is not ready for sex. So Deadeye <laughs> is just hanging out at the bar, and some of the basketball players are really into K-pop. And so they they start doing like a dance-off. Oh, and one of them like oh, hurts himself <laughs> like splits or something and not only that but he is wearing an <laughs> i heart bts t-shirt so i'm like oh yeah this is gonna be good oh <laughs> man the dance moves and then he like pulls a hammy so we have a concussion with two of the two of the athletes we have a pulled hamstring and then we have a broken penis or pelvis mm-hmm. i don't know yeah, something's pelvis. broken in that yeah. area <laughs> And so, so the team can no longer play the next day and um, Baron is pissed and says he has to play all by himself against this other team and the girls no longer have a ride. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so how do they make it to the villa? Oh, they go on the adventure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then it's like the, the, we get like the wonderful like montage of them, like making it across the, <laughs> like going across the, the mountains of China. It was really beautiful. Like that's right. another thing I kind of like about movies like this is you really do get to see like the beauty of whatever mm. place they're set in. And, and I feel like so often when stuff is set in China, it is like usually just set in the cities. Mm-hmm. So to see the, you know, the countryside and it was just really gorgeous. And they did a really good job of showing was, like the beauty. Yeah. You reminded me like they went through the river, right. In a, mm-hmm. in a boat, <laughs> they wind up on uh, the back of a truck with like chickens and a farmer in the back. And they're sort of bonding with local people. And it's just very like, heartfelt adventure and then they wind up on the like moped or something there's like yeah there's like four of them on a moped (laughs) so it's like there's humor but there's also lots of heart in it I really thought that was great and then they wind up at um um Nai Nai's house which is Lolo's grandmother and of course um it's played she is played by none other than legend herself Lori Tan Chin um with her signature short haircut and that voice that you just can't miss, right? Nai Nai is. Yes. Oh, gosh, <laughs> it's so funny. And, and I liked about- it, too, because to me, casting her as Lolo and Deadeye's gra- grandma, for some reason, it made them seem more like cousins. Mm, good, yeah. You could see a connection <laughs> because of Nai Nai. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. Um, and I think that the vibe of this Asian family sort of welcoming in these young girls that they didn't know, but making them feel immediately at home and sort of spoiling them and showering them with food and and the fancy chocolate, which was lint chocolate <laughs> and the little cellophane wrappers. Yes. Uh, but the oranges is like a very sort of good, a lucky fruit. And like, they just pulled out all the stops to welcome them there. And mm-hmm. 
<laughs> dead eye in her card game with her little cousin or something where she was <laughs> she's just, just making it up just making it up make <laughs> it up and then yelling at him at the top of her lungs just to scare him and he's just oh man really funny really really That's funny cute. yeah and I loved it too because they had like a, a nice moment between um dead eye and Audrey uh, one that I being like straight up being like no when you first saw I was coming on this trip you you were tripping mm. um but you know them coming to like actually have a a real friendship moment at the end of that I thought was really really sweet and you know yeah all of them just being embraced by the family they again mentioned something which becomes a major plot point later, which I was like, ooh. <laughs> but I yes. thought it was very, yes. I thought it was very well done. Yes. <laughs> I didn't obviously didn't catch it the first time I saw the film, but in <laughs> retrospect, I was like, oh. So let's move on to that sort of next piece with this plot twist reveal. Um so we bring the girls to the adoption agency thinking we're gonna find Audrey's mother. And they put Audrey in that the chop saying dress like fits her perfectly <laughs> to a glove like yeah what? how does so that happen cute. those yes. dresses are not easy to fit um <laughs> if you eat an american diet usually you don't fit in them because you got a little badonk and it's not going to fit in that thing but she looked amazing in it uh perfect color perfect fit everyone's so excited for her to go and then she shows up at the adoption agency <laughs> And the woman who works there is like, no hookers allowed. We're no hookers allowed out here. <laughs> because, you know, Audrey just knew she looked gr- perfect. Her hair, hair <laughs> her dress was on. And she's like, what? <laughs> We're not hookers. Um, so in comes the reveal, right? As they're looking through Audrey's path as a baby. And this woman was a caretaker. She remembers her, et cetera. And then it comes out to, we find out that Audrey's actually not ethnically Chinese. Yeah. But her mother was actually a teenage mother from Korea who was sent to China to have the baby in secret. And you know what? I have to say this, Shannon. Thank goodness, because I was like, you know damn well Ashley Park is not Chinese. And how the how did these women allow somebody to come in here playing a Chinese? So I literally in the theater was like, thank God. Um, No, it definitely it it was like a a gas moment but also like a oh wow like she was already reluctant to try and find her mom but to go and try and find her mom and to find out what one not only is it as simple as like finding your mom but you're a whole nother ethnicity you know, been raised Chinese, been, you know, like that's like so much a part of it. And her her parents obviously like really strove to like make sure she was connected to a Chinese identity. And that's mm-hmm. not her identity. No. Yeah. It's so layered with the struggle, right? Because she was already struggling with feeling like she doesn't fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be like, but I am Chinese. I am Chinese. I am Chinese. And then bam. Yeah. Guess what, girl? You're not. Um, which means now they have to try to figure out 
for some reason, they decide they're going to go to Korea now and find her mother. Like, because that's logical. She has like a day to go from China to Korea to find her mother and then come back to China and meet with Chow and get this contract signed. Yeah, that's going to work. It's, it's just, again, this her character is anxiety on a million. <laughs> I'm like, girl, that's not... That's not a few, so like she immediately goes into like, okay, well, this is fine. We're just going to go to Korea. Like that. And I'm like, no, there's, it, there's no, we're just gonna. And at this point, they don't even have. Passport. Right. They don't have, I mean, they don't even really have clothes, right? Because <laughs> everything was gone, but with their backpack and whatever they could carry. Um, no passports. How are you going to get from China to Korea with no passport? But they have an answer to that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Apparently, K-pop stars don't have to show <laughs> their IDs when they go through airport security. <laughs> Which we saw in the opening scene when they were at the airport, right? So, of course, there's a reason why they go through that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. um, what did you think? You're more into K-pop than I am. What I am not into K-pop at all. No? I am okay. not. I'm not one of the K-pop girls. Okay. Um, so what the were you only thinking? K-pop I artist I listen to I, I is CL. And even okay. then, I don't keep up with her enough to actually okay. co- consider myself a K-pop I, girl. I can't keep all the groups straight. I will say I did see Blackpink at Coachella and I thought they were amazing. They're yeah. very skinny. Um, but production wise and everything was great. And the, the children, the little girls in the crowd with their dads just warmed my heart. Like it was so sweet, but what we're going to talk about is the brand new group Brownie Tuesday. I thought this is perfect because (laughs) even though I'm not a K-pop girl, I know enough to know that they do have like ridiculous names like Brownie Tuesday. And then each one of them has a personality. It is very much so like old school boy bands where it's like ridiculous name. Each person has a very distinct personality. And, you know, the the outfits are just coordinated enough so you can tell they're a group but they're all like very different and wacky. <laughs> yes, we have. I don't remember who plays whom, but it's Sassy, Cutie, Lisa, and Lisa, and Lisa too. too. That was so good. <laughs> and of course, of course, we open. I mean, we could get through like how they got there, which mm-hmm. was actually a whole nother scene with dead eyes friends online friends right which we can all do Mm -hmm. coming through for her but it was a a pause we didn't know yeah it was very it was very sweet because I had I had the moment of them like her thinking they're not coming through and breaking down and me being like oh my god like someone be her friend and (laughs) and then the friends actually like coming through and I was like oh my god (laughs) I know and coming through in a way with designer handbag designer dog in the designer handbag Mm -hmm. oh we brought your fans like all these fans come up with signs that literally say brownie tuesday (laughs) like come on this is just i mean the stands for k-pop i get it but man it was really funny Mm -hmm. um and shouts to the the gate agent who was not having it yeah and he's like i don't see documentation you guys aren't a real band you better prove it i don't think you are and then what happens Dede starts to beat box. And again, 
It's brilliant writing because it's all seated throughout the movie. They said at the beginning when we first meet Kat, that Kat and Audrey were in an acapella group together. Right. Yep. And so then, you know, Deadeye starts beatboxing and then they start singing and they can actually sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they really, and it's, and they also had a reference early on, I think when they were bonding over the card game where Deadeye's trying to find something in common with Audrey and vice versa, they talk about music. And the one thing they really bonded over was Cardi B. Mm-hmm. So what happens with this beatbox is they lead into this sort of, Asian rendition of wet ass pussy. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had the lyrics, but I know I've seen this on Instagram. They have the, like the music video post on video. They do. Yeah, they do, girl. <laughs> it's worth, worth that research. I'm sorry to the fans. I did not do that research, but go find it on Instagram. It's so funny. And I Gosh. don't know if Cardi B has responded. I, I wanted to go look it up and see if she's seen it. They must have gotten clearance from her, but it's so funny. There are just some lines in there that just made me fall out laughing. Um, but this so gets to <laughs> the challenge of live streaming this. And they're in the moment. They're dancing. They're doing this routine. They know they're about to get on this plane. And somehow there's a wardrobe malfunction. And Miss Cat's skirt <laughs> disappears as her hands are up in the air. And what do we see? The tattoo. It's (laughs) so I I think I'm similar to like Lolo. It's it's even bigger than you (laughs) think it is. Cause like when you hear like, oh, like tattoo on your, you know, on your lady parts. Like I'm thinking like a cute little heart in the corner. I'm thinking, you know, like maybe a butterfly, like right, you know, right above the labia. Um, This woman has a whole devil. Look, she turned it into a character down there. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, it makes faces. (laughs) Like it has moods. I was like, girl, girl. Somebody who drew, who had to like design, like somebody had to design that on somebody's something and her hoo-ha was the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, we we forget that um, her fiance, Clarence, said he was going to meet them. And of mm-hmm. course, when does he show up? But right as everyone's looking at her devil yeah. pussy. And he's like uber Christian. <laughs> he played that really well too, because he was like, oh. And just <laughs> the way they filmed him running out was just like his arms are flailing and he just is out of control and crying. <laughs> oh, uh. so then we hit like the low of the low of the film, right? Like all of a sudden it's devastating. They're not going to make yeah. it. What, how do we get over there now? Mm-hmm. Um, Kat loses her fiance. Mm-hmm. Audrey doesn't know what they're going to do. The plane, all the issues go away. And yeah. so they wind up having to take a boat, like a cargo boat, across <laughs> this body of water um, with chickens on it. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it's like chickens and goats and stuff. Chickens and goats. Uh, but I, so. The, it's like after they get there, I'm surprised 
I'm not surprised. Like thinking now, I'm, now that I'm like putting my like critic hat on, or like no, I'm just surprised that like the like real like argument that we get that like breaks them apart doesn't happen on the on the chicken goat boat across the ocean because <laughs> you think that would be like the extra low point mm. that like leads to the outburst <laughs> it's like now that I think about it I'm like oh I'm surprised it didn't happen then because I, I think mean, that would have been the moment like where I'm like sitting there like I hate all of y'all <laughs> like, would you even really get on the boat I mean if you think exactly about it, you didn't have to even get on that boat like mm-hmm. we could have just set Audrey on her own to figure it out because, <laughs> um, but yeah, they go through this like breakup really as friends, like everybody's mad at each other. They can't get to any resolution. Um, Kat knows she's going to lose her. She thinks she's going to lose her career. Mm-hmm. Audrey's blaming all of them. Yeah. Um, it was really and especially bl- blaming Lolo because like it was live streamed. So, you know, then her boss is calling her like, what the hell is going on? Why are you dressed like a K-pop person? <laughs> like, Chow is like, I thought you said your mom is in oh, China yeah. and now you're going to Korea. Like, what's going on? So, like, everything kind of, like, blows up after this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And Audrey can't sweet talk her way out of this one. And all of a sudden, everybody's pointing out how selfish she's being and everyone's pointing out how she doesn't really take into consideration how hard everyone's been trying to help her, et cetera. And they all just kind of split and she finds herself on her own. What I do like is this is like officially, like it it was slowly happening post the basketball players um, section, but this is also the moment where Kat and Lolo are like officially like friends. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) They're like, they realize. Yeah. Like, hold on. Audrey's actually not the the good friend here. We're being the good friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And it it definitely man, it was really sad. I was like, okay. So now Audrey has this information and what's she going to do? Like how is she going to So yeah. she winds up back at a adoption agency, right? And they pull this file out and, and sort of put it in front of her. And it's all in Korean, but they had a stamp on it in red. And mm-hmm. I just knew damn well what that stamp was because mm-hmm. it was like at an angle where you just kind of. Um, and I was there with four women, one of whom was Korean American. And I heard her go mm-hmm. when it came down. So I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And Audrey, spoiler alert, finds out that her mother has passed away. Yeah. She goes all the way to Korea, is so close to finding her birth mo- mother and finds out that she passed away. Yeah. And so the, I think the thing that got me about that scene is when she walks out of the agency and you realize she has no one to call. Like, right. you, like she ends up calling her parents, but you realize like she can't call any of her friends because she effectively burned all mm. those relationships. And I was just like damn <laughs> so bad for her but I was also like mm, you did this uh, yeah it was it was eerily quiet in the theater when I was watching mm-hmm. it like everybody was kind of like <gasps> um so then she winds up with the information on on where her mother's buried and it's like well 
here's the cemetery if you'd like to go. This is the address, blah, blah, blah. And we we see her walking through the cemetery with this little bouquet of flowers. And I'll just say, Shanna, you know, I lost my mother in uh, on Christmas morning last mm-hmm. year. So this was a lot for me, just yeah. watching it on that level. But she finds her mother's gravesite and she leaves the flowers. And you can just tell, like, Ashley did a great job acting this part. Like, just Ugh, the it's emotion. So good. The 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 anger, the grief, the despair, the loneliness. It was all there. I was really impressed with her acting this. I didn't know she was actually that talented. Sorry, Ashley Park. Um, <laughs> I thought she just really killed this scene. And then we see someone approach. And when they go into Oof. focus on who this is, my theater, every you just whoop, all the women stood up. And yeah. Like, no. And then I hear someone go, Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, girl." <laughs> I'm done. I'm Isn't that funny? Oh my god! <laughs> what I'm are you saying, so Daniel Day Kim, silly. I don't know who said that. It was so oh, funny. Oh, oh my, my gosh! He so. I mean, there's a lot of fun men in in this. A lot of fine men in this. But Daniel Day Kim, I feel like, I don't want to say the first, but definitely one of my longest running, like, Asian man crushes. Mm. Like, yeah, since Lost. Maybe before Lost. I'm trying to think of what I've seen him in before Lost. I don't remember him prior to Lost, but Daniel Day Kim, (laughs) cheekbones, bone For structure days. <laughs> and like charisma like really he was so gentle in this role right he's like the dad trying to like welcome the stranger into his life who's actually the child of someone who he loved like it, the way he played it was so authentic and genuine it's and sweet so but still cheekbones and bone oh structure God. and those sweaters Ooh. those he was wearing his like cozy big button like sweaters like a like a irish seaman it was so <laughs> fine like what are i was we gonna doing? make a joke about semen but i'll let I that know. one go exactly like i was like who who uh, who just who who was the dresser on right? this like everyone's wardrobe was on point but you're right he uh, he just seemed comfortable and familiar Right. Like the way they dressed yeah. him and his affect. And I just thought, oh, man. So let's just be clear for everyone who thinks it was Daniel Day Lewis. No, <laughs> Daniel Day Kim. I was laughing so hard in the theater when I heard that. Um, yeah. And then we get to the story of, you know, her mother being sick. And then they they threw this party on this boat and her mother left her a message, which was, <sighs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew there was going to be something left behind, but yeah, the video. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Tears, tears, tears. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it gave her Audrey this, this love and this like, you know, her mother saying, I did this for you. And I never I didn't want to give you up. I thought about you all the time. She never had siblings, right? So like, oh, it was really beautiful. Yeah, it was really, really well done. And again, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, because 
I'm like, she should be having this moment with her friends. Her, like, you know, like her friends should be yeah. there to support her. But yeah, right. It kind of worked out well, though. I think what is so good about this movie is, yes, it's funny. It's raunchy, all this stuff. But these moments, like when they like hit their low point and like coming back through it is what makes you feel invested like this that's the reason why I would watch this movie again mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know because like the jokes are cute and all that kind of stuff but like this part is like that that it just hit my heart and I was like oh yeah I I think you know I was talking about how poignant it felt at points where it was just like so much emotion so much love like love, you know, and that's sort of universal to every culture is this, whether it's a bond of a friendship or a mother or or, um, a father, like you felt genuine, authentic love when you cut through all of that. And, you know, I saw it, I've seen it twice. I will see it again. I have another group of girlfriends that we're going to go see it. But (laughs) not only do I want to support the box office because I want them to get the dollars, but I also feel like there are things that I missed that I'll Mm -hmm. I'll see the, the third time I see it. I'm not one to normally see movies more than once, but the, all the Asian films, I try to go at least twice. And all, a lot of the black films too. Like I just mm-hmm. feel like they support. Oh my God. So. I, I think everything, everywhere, all at once, I went when it was an IMAX. And Ooh. then I went like oh, two play. days later to watch it again with like captions. <laughs> Cause oh. I was like, there so much like I want to make sure I catch every little line and so I was like I'm gonna watch it in theaters with captions um and I feel like I went maybe one more time so I think I saw that one three times in theaters Mm. and that was probably one of the first times since the pandemic where I saw the same movie multiple times Mm. in theaters because I used to do that all the time um I think I seen Black Panther five times in theaters. Same, yeah. I saw, um, <laughs> I, had, I, I saw, um, what's the Guillermo del Toro one with the big oh. robots? Pacific Rim. I saw Pacific Rim oh, like four did. times in theaters. Oh, okay. I, I used to, I was definitely that person who would be like, if I like a movie, I'm going two, three times to the theater to see it. Yeah. Um, but post pandemic, it's been like, uh. yeah. <laughs> Like maybe if a friend who hasn't seen it wants to go, I'll go back. <laughs> well, I think the film so you know appreciates your dollars because, like I said, it's competing against all these big summer blockbusters that are out. But um, we're not done yet because uh, Audrey winds up calling her her adopt mom and figures out how to get a rushed passport and comes back to the states. And a little bit of time passes, and then we see her trying to get back in touch with her friends and she walks mm-hmm. in to the Chinese restaurant where we were introduced to uh, Lolo's family and Lolo's art way in the beginning of the film we didn't even talk about that yeah um, <laughs> and cut to like she walks in and, and Deadeye is eating ruffles with chopsticks and my girlfriend <laughs> next to me were like mm-hmm, completely relatable that's what we do Anything messy with your toe, you just use your chopsticks and pull them out of the bag. <laughs> but she walks into the restaurant. And um, what do you remember from that? I, I thought this scene was so cute because this is typically in these types of films. Um, this is like the scene you get or like if it, this was a rom-com, this would be like 
the scene at the end where like the two people who are like in love with each other, one of them like declares their love publicly, right? Mm. <laughs> like, but instead of it's like friends, <laughs> like no. so I I was like, I knew what was gonna happen again, but it's to me, it's all about the execution of it. Yeah. And it was executed so well. Like I even love that effort, like Dead Eyes all like she starts to apologize and Dead Eyes like, you had me at <laughs> like embraces her it was so cute just immediately folds <laughs> like right. like no yeah. nothing needed but at the same time when uh when lolo comes out that is like you can't talk to her she doesn't right. want to talk to you and she's my she's my cousin so like yeah. i forgive you but she doesn't forgive you right she was like uh playing defense blocking her from trying to get past her um <laughs> And then she gets, and then Audrey gets on the mic, right? Because you know, at Chinese restaurants, that's how they tell you your table's ready. Mm -hmm. They get on the mic and they yell your name or they yell your number. Um, And she's given this really heartfelt apology for the entire restaurant to hear. I wasn't sure, like um, Lolo's character was kind of like not looking like she was digging it. She was like, "Hmm." but she does. Yeah. And they get a nice sort of resolution and it's revealed Audrey figures out that Lolo and Kat have stayed in contact. And mm-hmm. so now it's Audrey coming into the foursome and, and just, you know, sort of completing that little square of friends that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings them to a very on the nose for a lot of reasons, trip to Paris. So their next yeah. trip together, they wind up going to Paris. So, you know, a little bit of a reference maybe to Ashley being an Emily in Paris. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe they had to like, there was like a scheduling thing and they like had to film this last part in Paris because she's already there filming. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know, but I that's pretty smart, right? I mean, yeah. if anything, where Asians are known for being smart about money. So maybe that was part of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And the Eiffel Tower references popped up too. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> like, yeah, because like at first I was like, oh, are they going to do like go to like Japan? Like I thought it was going to be another Asian country. Cause, like mm. at, in the beginning, Lolo's like, we should make this an annual trip, like a girl's trip that we do yes. every year. And so I thought it was going to be another Asian country. When it turned out to be um, Paris, I was like, Emily in Paris. <laughs> yeah, you connected some dots quickly because I, I I didn't think it would be as direct as that, but I think that makes sense. I, I want to go with that, that they were just being really efficient about uh, Ashley Park's schedule and why not go to Paris because I would want to go to Paris. Um, and so they end with, you know, everything's in a good place. Audrey's going to open her own law firm, which is amazing. Um, Lolo's selling her art. What happened with Deadeye? Did Deadeye have some sort of... Did I good happen? Maybe she I can't remember or like or if like she had like started hanging out with her K-pop friends in real life yeah, or something like that. Maybe yeah. Yeah. And Kat's still engaged to Clarence, and I'm sure they're having sex with the devil kitty. So oh, yeah, yeah. They're very <laughs> cute. They're very so cute. that's sort of the the film <laughs> there. You know, it ends and um I feel like a lot of people in my theater clapped when they saw it the second time. Um mm-hmm. and I think for me as an Asian woman, just feeling so seen and just relating to like every moment in the film, it was a really wonderful experience for me. So what are your thoughts on how you left the movie? 
I liked it because I didn't feel any of them were a stereotype. Hmm. There was something I saw recently. Maybe, maybe it was the trailer for Mission Impossible. But I was like, it's as amazing. I'm like, this is nothing against that movie. It looks great. But I was like, oh, we're still doing like the Asian character who just like fights and has colored hair. Or we're Mm. still doing, Mm. you know, the like, you know, the tiger mom characters and Mm. like, and to me, none of them felt like even Audrey with her overachieving, it didn't feel stereotypical. It felt like it was like it was her pushing her. Mm. It wasn't like some outside force or like it was her pushing her, Mm. Um, you know, cat was very much so, you know, pretending to be this, like, good girl, you know, Chinese, like, (laughs) little ingenue. But we knew, like, in the background, like, you know, she's a freak and she's, like, doing her thing, you know? Like, Lolo, like, being just very, like, openly bisexual with her, like, you know, sexy art and, like, you know, and even Deadeye, like, to be like this k-poppy girl but she wasn't the stereotypical girl that we thought she was gonna Mm. be like the ears and the you know yeah yeah i just really appreciated that they all got to be raunchy they all got to be funny they all got to like you know have their their moments and none of them felt like a stereotype or that they were the butt of the joke right Mm, nice that's a really good frame for it. And I, I think that really, you're, it just speaks to why representation matters so much, right? To have three women who are all Asian, different from different origins, but really building these characters, creating these characters, putting themselves into it, it feels real versus a writer who doesn't identify that way, putting their own lens of stereotypes onto it. So I think you're, the way you encapsulated that was just perfect, Shanna. I really appreciate that comment. Um, I'm going to, I want to, before we wrap up officially, I want to give you Kanoi's review. Uh, my daughter's Kanoi. She and I saw it and she said, I said, what do you think of the movie? She's like, mom, I laughed. I cringed. I teared up. <laughs> that was it. I was like, I need that on a shirt too. Like that was just encapsulates all of it. Right. Like the cringe was that raunchy body mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and it obviously is super funny all along the way, but also very heartfelt and and poignant in many ways. So I just thought that was perfect. Her perfect review. So we didn't have to talk for an hour and a half about the (laughs) review. But thank you, (laughs) Anna. I know you're super busy. I'm so Uh appreciative. Um, And the universe worked in mysterious ways because this is the eight year anniversary of us meeting in real life. I know. I know. When that popped up, I was like, oh, this is so perfect. Um, I don't know if you will be going because the first time we met was at Comic-Con. I will be at Comic-Con again this year, but this is the (gasps) first year that I am going not as press or as anything. I also don't, I don't even really have a badge this year. I'm just going to San Diego during the weekend (laughs) and I'll be wandering around and you know, maybe wear some outfits. Um, the only thing I have tickets for is the, they're doing like a little X-Men um, event after hours. Um, so I'm going to that because I've really, if if you love 
comics and you like the X-Men, I think everybody should be reading the X-Men right now. It's so good and interesting. So that's why I saw that that was happening and I was like, hmm. <laughs> you. I love that you got tickets to that. Yeah. I. <laughs> I yeah, haven't even thought about, I don't even know when is, is it this weekend? Is it next weekend? It is next weekend. Okay. It's not this weekend, next weekend, which is um, also crazy to me. Everything is moving so fast. <laughs> I know. I know. When the Comic-Con memories start popping up, I'm like, we're in July. How did yes. that happen? Um, <laughs> well, this weekend in LA is a Hawaiian festival. And now I will remember that next weekend is, is uh, Comic-Con. It's like the nerd Hawaiian festival. Um, There's also a Hawaiian a festival happening in Sacramento this weekend. I will oh. be over in Sac for the George Hanapu Festival. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> just for the listeners that you know that we are both hula dancers on this call. And so that's why we are talking about Hawaiian festivals. But Shanna, thank you again so much. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to plug? Do you want people to find you on social? What? what how can we wrap um, I mean, I'm still on Twitter. Twitter is slowly dying, but I'm there. You can find me at Shitty Beaumont, uh, S-H-I-T-T-Y-B-O-N-S, uh, B-O-N-M-O-T-S, uh, Shitty Beaumont. And... <laughs> I have kind of migrated over to Blue Sky, um, same username on Blue Sky, but I don't go there as often yet. I'm I'm still working it out. It's I'm like trying to figure out. People are like, "Come here, come here, come here," and I'm like, I can't have all these apps on my phone, y'all. No. So tell me where we're going. Right. <laughs> so, I, I'm ch- I'm checking it out. I'm seeing what the vibe is. I'm doing vibe checks all over on these new apps. Um, <laughs> but Twitter's not officially dead yet. And it's still like the place where I have all of my people in one mm-hmm. place. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I keep coming back to that. Yeah. So. All right. So I, my guess is Peter <laughs> will tag you, uh, your Twitter handle on Twitter when he posts this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm hardly on Twitter, but I'm at uh, J-P-R-E-Q-U-I-R-O at Twitter. I don't know how much longer I'm going to stay there, too. Apparently, I have a Threads account that I don't know how that started, but people are starting to add me. So I don't know what's happening out there. You know why? Because Threads is connected to Instagram. It's like the easiest one to set up because you just like basically are like, do you want to connect your Instagram? And then you automatically follow everybody that you're already following on Instagram. I have like a public Instagram that I use for work stuff. And then I have my private. So I don't know what's happening. I got to look at that. Anyhow, so don't look for me anywhere except maybe Twitter, everybody who's listening. Um, I want to say thank you to Peter for letting us have this opportunity to crash Podstalgic and cover <laughs> uh, Joyride the movie. Um, please look for Peter on Cobra Kai Companion. And also he's got a new podcast coming out on Twisted Metal called Twisted Metal Companion. And um, one of the writers from Cobra Kai is actually the showrunner on that, uh, Michael hmm. Sorry, Michael Johnson. He's one of my favorites, and I feel so badly. His his Twitter handle, I think, is Bearded McWorski. Uh, he's super <laughs> funny. He's super talented. Um, so look for that new podcast. 
Everybody out there, thank you again. Shanna, get some rest. I love you. Thank you very much for spending time. I'm going to be in the Bay Area. I will let you know when. We'll have to catch up, and um, I'll treat you to dinner, and we'll just catch up IRL. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. There's some whores in this house. 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 Yoga whores, I'd say, yeah. 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 There's some whores in this chair. I'm a certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet ass pussy. Hear this AZN speak. This has been a production of the Companion Network.